1: New Year, same idiocy. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, HR's Most Dangerous. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I am Chad Soash. On this week's show, the dumpster fire rages on at Career Builder. Jobster is back from the dead for the third time. And we start 2019 with dueling rants. We got your resolutions right here, pal. And we'll be right back after a word from Canvas.
2: Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a bitmoji we make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent that's gocanvas.io get ready to text at the speed of talent
1: Oh, I'm ready. Good to be back. It's good. I, I, I can't lie. The, the break was nice. I'm sure it was. You were able to
0: nap a little bit more, a little bit more beer.
1: Yeah. Eat a more little carbon. more, drink a little more, sleep a little more. Oh, it was all good. good. It was all good. Of course, we've been podcasting like demons this week. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we hit the ground running, even though this is our first weekly show since being back.
0: Well, and that being said, I'm going to go ahead and tease some of these. We have a firing squad coming out this month. That is killer. And we got Hung Lee on as an
1: interview. Hung Lee, yes. Recruiting's favorite porn star is on the, the podcast.
0: <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, in 2019, it, it looks like we're going to take Europe by storm. I mean, we're going to be in Lisbon in May um, for TA Tech, our buddies yeah. Pete and Repeat, right? Yeah. Then we've got Recruit Fest. In London in July, which we we'll are really God, excited man. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there are some others that we're still kind of planning that that, that are going on. So you're going to see us in Europe this year doing live shows to be awesome. Don't forget
1: Canada. Oh, shit.
0: Oh, Canada. That's coming up. Yeah, it's not Europe, but yes, it is Canada and it is in the uh, Canadian Rockies. It's in February, so it should be
1: gorgeous and cold as shit. Banff, which I still miss. Miss whatever I say, <laughs> brand and Banfi, and I say all kinds of stuff really my Canadian wife loves, but uh, that's another story. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. is galore. We got, we're going to have a busy year, a big year. Uh, yeah. Chances are, if you're out at conferences, you will see us at some point. And, there's going to be T-shirts. Yes! Oh, God, T-shirts. That's right. tell, them, tell them what they won, Chad, with Woo! the latest T-shirt sponsorship.
0: Yes! We have two new sponsors that are happening this year. Uh, right out of the gate, we have Emissary.ai, who will be sponsoring the very first Chad and Cheese limited edition T-shirts, which we will be giving away at conferences. And last but not least... Shaker recruitment, believe that. Joe Shaker uh spending Joe Shaker. spending money with Chad and Cheese. Uh we have a new sponsorship called Traveling with Chad and Cheese uh where uh where Joe and the group are going to gear us up with uh with uh Shaker gear and uh yeah, wherever we go, we're taking Shaker with us. If you can't tell, we're really reaching for those
1: sponsorship opportunities. <laughs> Dude, they're awesome. I'm just glad that we got uh, we got Joe to commit before the Bears meltdown in the playoffs because oh, he might not have been quite as open to uh, opening up his uh, his pocketbook oh, dude. after that game. But, yeah. yeah. Which which leads me to the first shout-out, I think. Uh, shout-out to Philly fans. We have a huge following in <laughs> Philly. Uh, they're probably still drunk at Geno's as we speak, oh, uh, celebrating the win. Um, good for them. Sad for the Chicago folks. That was That was a real a real bummer of a, a loss. We have a lot of fans in Chicago. Yeah. So torn there. Shout out to Philly. Sorry, Chicago. But uh, as always in Chicago, there's next year.
0: <laughs> as always. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to go to Susan Vitali, who we have not talked about in a while because yeah, she I-S. just had a little girl. So I want to congratulate Susan, the family, the whole ISIMS crew, because I'm sure little yeah. Alba Rose will be uh, gracing the doors of uh, Sims very soon, if she hasn't already. That was a unique name. Yeah. Alba. I love it. I Alba, love it.
1: Alba. Yo, Alba. Okay. I'm trying to do it with like a Jersey kind of attitude. It sounded Alba. more Philly, more Rocky. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, hey, Jersey. Okay. You mentioned the Hung Lee, but shout out to him. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Irina Novoselsky. Hopefully I said that correctly. Really? Uh, Career Builder CEO made Chicago's 40 under 40 list. Uh, The 33-year-old is making shit happen, as we will find out further as we go into the show. But shout out to her for making that illustrious 40 under 40 list. She's making things happen. All right. Uh, We
0: we also made a couple of, uh, I think, 2019 lists. So Mason Wong. And uh, Hung Lee put us on their pods to follow in 2019. Now, Hung Lee's was, I think, more focused on the recruitment side of the house. Mason's was really just focused on what he listens to. And I believe we were the only recruiting slash HR podcast on his list. So appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, Mason, I'm going to try my damnedest to get Joel to bite on new sound effects. But I can't promise anything, buddy.
1: Yeah, but we think we may have found out, uh, figured out my uh, my my I don't know hot mic issue. I think hopefully we we have that figured out. And by the way, I think Hung Lee just pulled the first uh, hat trick on the show. I think he was mentioned three times uh, oh, within the first seven minutes of the show. So Hung Lee hat trick, very nice. Of course, of course he's British and probably has no idea what a hat trick is. So uh, go Google that, Hung. Nice. And you wanted to give a shout out to Chris sacked to sue <laughs> flasoso or whatever his name is santo suoso it looks like yeah. uh
0: <laughs> santo suoso. santa man yeah yeah. He, it sounds like he was forced to listen by his former boss greg giambanco who you called greg giambi um yeah. uh, but thanks for listening chris uh, whether it was forced or not and thanks greg for forcing uh, Chris to listen, now go out there and force more listeners because we want to make
1: sure that we blow it uh, the roof off 2019. Yambi and the Santa Man, thanks yeah. for listening. Appreciate it. And uh, your wife's been busy on the mic too. Apparently, she had. That's a metaphor. Um, so yeah, uh, she, her,
0: and Torin Ellis, and and our listeners know Torn because. Well, Torrance, Torrance. I mean, he's fucking everywhere. But uh, he was on the pod. We talked about diversity recruiting. I did an interview with him, and he he just he blows stuff up wherever he goes. So he's he's awesome. He's actually teamed up with my wife, who was also on the podcast talking about disability hiring, and they're doing a new podcast. Just released the teaser trailer, I guess you could call it, um, earlier this week. And it's called Crazy and the King. So look for that. We'll be talking about it every now and again, do a little cross pollination. But uh, it should be fun.
1: I would ask which one is which, but I know your wife. And so I can put the pieces together and know which one the crazy is and which one the king is. So Pretty good similar. luck to them and their podcast venture. Uh, I'm waiting patiently for your guest appearance uh, to mirror Julie's appearance on our show. Uh, so keep me keep me abreast of that. I think we should make a dual appearance, frankly, on their show <laughs> and really, really rocket their, their presence to the moon. Uh, with us being a guest guest host. But, hey, that's up to them. It's their show. Uh, that's it for shout-outs for me. Who else you got? Well, I want to thank TNG,
0: the company who brought us the creepy interviewing <laughs> robot, because uh, Charlotte and Ellen over there, they know how to work Chad and Cheese. Uh, they've been sending us hilarious videos, one on how to speak Swedish, which was mm-hmm. funny as hell. Uh, And then the one that we just received yesterday, it was a beer stabilization device. So, I mean, they have us in their crosshairs. They have us targeted. They know what we like, and they've been sending it left and right. And we've been retweeting and posting and doing those things. So, if you're out there and you don't understand how to work the media, this is a prime example of how to do it, whether we're media or whatever the fuck they call us. But uh, these guys... These guys are killing it. So big kudos to uh, to Charlotte and
1: Ellen over there. And by the way, it's pronounced Elin. I, uh, I took a little one of those DNA tests over the holidays, <laughs> and I did a little, little Black Friday DNA test and, <laughs> and found out that I am 8% Swedish. So uh, I feel a new connection that I wouldn't have because of, uh, of the DNA test. And I do recommend everyone, uh, if you haven't done that, you uh-huh. should, kind of knowing where you're from, your story, I think that's really cool. And the fact that they can do that by spitting in a test tube is really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, I got a little sweet in me. So I'm I'm trying to bone up on my Swedish for this robot we're going to meet in, uh, in Lisbon. Excited about that. TA Tech in Lisbon. Hopefully, we'll be able to get uh, the
0: creepy interviewing robot there with Chad and Cheese. Um, but you almost forgot to talk about...
1: Talk push in the demo pocalypse. Have we agreed on that name, the demo pocalypse? I don't know how we can get away from it at this point. Well, demogeddon wasn't too bad, although that could be construed as like demo getting or like demo pocalypse. There's no there's no uh you know, there's no gray line there. It's no. uh it's demo pocalypse. So yeah, uh, we're doing this thing in the new year. Uh, we get so many startups and companies with new features, like t- telling us about them. And we're like, dude, let's just show people yeah. what the hell you got. We said, hey, man, Max, let's get on the let the computer there and uh, videotape this thing and push it out. So I'll see what I did there. So we we pushed this out real good. Uh, if you haven't watched it, please check it out because they're doing some really cool stuff there at talk push it real good also it was kind of funny because i
0: pushed this out into the socials right and it was on a, a facebook group and and it started uh somewhat of a heated conversation and, and all i did was post here's my, my post everybody is talking about the death of the ats max shows us what could be taking its place right so that's all i put mm-hmm. out there and then the rock throwing started and and it's amazing just utterly amazing how people constantly bitch about their applicant tracking system, right? They bitch Mm -hmm, about it all day, every fucking day. But when you say... Could this prospectively be the, the new evolution or what could replace the ATS? Then they
1: just start throwing rocks. No, you're not taking my ATS away from me. I mean, it was funny as hell. Dust thou protest too much. Um, and these are people that probably didn't even watch the demo, by the way. You posed the question. It wasn't like as abrasive as you can be uh, on social media. And yeah, people kind of freaked out about it. Some reputable people uh, commented and they might be right. Like, you know, people don't change very quickly in this mm-hmm. industry like ATS ats's and job postings and i mean hell people are still putting ads in the newspaper for god's sake so i'm not saying that (laughs) i'm not quite as drastic as that but look there's there's a new world of mobile uh Mm -hmm. the ats just doesn't quite play in that platform very well um and chat does um you know the on-demand sort of platforms for work is is a new thing upwork is happening like the way that the way that talent is being managed and recruited is changing and um you know the ats will be fine for a lot of folks but for other folks a solution like talk push is what what is going to make sense for them yeah it's not one size fits all for everybody and i think um you know that was kind of the point you were making well, i don't think they're all going to die now i um, just like newspapers radio and uh you know the eight-track are going to die anytime soon. Well, and that's what Sackett said. He
0: said, this: it's an evolutionary process, which I totally get. The only problem is that many of the ATS providers are way more focused on the after you're hired part of the whole process instead of creating hiring platforms. So, you know, most of the money you see getting spent are on the human capital or talent management side of the house, mm-hmm. not the talent attraction and the user experience and all of that. So when you take a look at companies who want more of that, they're looking at a talk push that has a much better interface and uh, opportunity to, to hopefully... Not send these uh, these candidates or these prospective customers into a black hole. So we've yeah. got to find something and to be able to say that no, you know the ATS is never going away. I totally get portions of that, but we've got to spend some time and money on the recruitment process as well because that shit's just not working.
1: Yeah, I'm reminded a lot of uh, you know Henry Ford, I believe, who said you know if, if he had listened to his customers, you know the car would have been a metallic horse or something <laughs> along those yes. lines. And and ultimately the ATS is they listen to their customers Mm. and they give their customers what they want and there's nothing wrong with that but we have a whole new generation or a whole a whole group of folks that are trying to invent the car um it still has wheels it still goes forward and back but it's not a horse anymore it's not you know something that needs a buggy whip so i think that's kind of where we are with the evolution of this thing um and people just need to i think understand that that's sort of how technological evolution uh happens sometimes and that's it for shout outs that's it for shout outs Let's get to the news. Indeed has an update. What's
0: up? Indeed's talent network policy ruffled some feathers. Go figure. I think we probably dropped a few expletives uh, during a a few of our podcasts around this stupid shit. That happened last year. And, uh, you know, after getting hammered by vendors, media, I guess us, I don't know if anybody else actually covered it as much as we did, um, and uh, some, some major Fortune 100 companies. Indeed decided to drop one bullet from their talent network policy. Get ready. Drum roll, please. We don't have a drum roll, but let's just (laughs) or crickets or I don't know. What do you want? So here's the bullet that they dropped. Joining a talent network must occur after the application process is clearly finished. That's what they dropped. Still not happy with a vendor telling companies what to do. And I'm a little bit more heated with companies, especially major fortune 100 types of companies who would allow this kind of shit, this type of control to happen from a vendor.
1: I still don't get it. I got a bullet for Indeed. (laughs) Couldn't resist (laughs) that. Yeah. At least they're listening. Usually they just say, fuck you and take it. It is weird that they
0: actually listen to somebody but you've got to also think that they were listening to the fortune 500 companies who they're trying to bypass all this uh all these other uh you know agencies staffing agencies and job boards and so on and so forth to have that direct client pretty much relationship so when the company comes to them it means something entirely different they want to listen because they know that's at the end of the day, they want all of that wallet share from that from that company.
1: And I learned a long time ago that competition is good for business and consumers. And the fact that Indeed is competing with new players, yeah, <laughs> Google uh, makes them sort of have to listen more to customers. And I think that's that's a good thing yeah. for everybody. Well,
0: I think it, it's a win for talent network vendors and their clients short term win, but from just from an optics and traffic standpoint. But from a long term standpoint, allowing your vendor to control any and/or all of your processes is a very slippery slope. It's interesting, and we'll we'll watch it because they're throwing out policies left and right, just really strangling. Uh, anything that's not
1: a dollar mm-hmm. coming directly from employers. And we'll see how that works out for them. It should be yep. a fun year of Indeed reporting for sure. <laughs> Continuing the legacy of uh, dumpster fires that I thought would would maybe go out this year because 2018 was a miserable year for CareerBuilder. Mm-hmm. It was a great year for us because we got to talk about them almost every week. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Among those are CEO leaving, executives leaving, sales meetings being postponed, canceled, El Chapo Mm -hmm. audio uh, leaving their headquarters in downtown Chicago to lesser digs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I thought things might cool down a little bit. It turns out I might be wrong. (laughs) Uh, We got word early this week that they had three. I don't know, very veteran people mm-hmm. uh, leave the company. There was a an email that went out internally from uh, Irina Novoselsky, 40 Under 40 recipient, uh, letting the team know that John Smith, our buddy from the El Chapo soundbite, Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to do so. It's on SoundCloud and our channel on whatever podcast platform you listen to. He was their chief sales officer. Uh, Uh So no no little guy uh, at the company uh, has left the company. Jason Lovelace, president of enterprise sales and interim corporate marketing. And Farhan Yassin, who was president of CareerBuilder International and oversaw uh, global operations of the Broadbean subsidiary. In all, we're looking at 52 years amongst them leaving the company. That's a big loss for them.
0: Yeah. Straight from the private equity playbook, baby. And that's actually a text that I got from a,
1: a crew builder insider <laughs> straight yeah. from the private equity playbook. Yep, yeah. Farhan was apparently a real, uh, really close to uh, to Jeff Ferguson, the uh, the former CEO who was there for 14 years. Um, in addition to those uh, announcements, um, it looks like that a couple of communications folks have left the company as well. Um Michael Irwin and uh, Jennifer Grass, who I've dealt with in the past, uh, it was very telling uh, when this news broke. I emailed uh, both of them to see what was going on, if they could confirm, make any comment. Uh, both of the emails bounced, so <laughs> so they don't even they don't even have their emails going to like their new PR uh, firm. But anyway, they do have a they do have a PR firm. Are you serious? They didn't totally. have them. They didn't have totally. them redirect to anywhere else. They're not forwarded anyone in marketing to then forward it somewhere or like reply like they just bounce back. Um, so anyway, that's kind of a that's kind of a, you know, a fuck up on their part. But they do have an agency. Uh, I reached out to them and the agency basically said, quote, it's company policy that we don't comment on employees outside of executive promotions and new hires. Dude, that's total amateur hour shit right there, though. Well, it is. And all they had to do was say, you know, those three are leaving the company. We're, we're proud of their commitment to whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wish them the best of luck. Um, done. Yeah. yeah Just yeah. to say, like, we're not going to comment on three really important people that have been here for an equivalent of 52 years Um, We're just going to like not comment on that. Now, Novoselsky ended her message uh, with, quote, I believe that in 2019, with our ongoing commitment, hard work and dedication, CareerBuilder will continue our pursuit to be an industry innovator and market leader, which kind of made me laugh because innovator means augmented reality on your mobile phone (laughs) and market leader. They haven't seen that since, you know, 2008. So. Yeah, I'm not really sure she understands
0: what market leader means in this industry because they're nowhere fucking close.
1: Everyone that I've talked to about this recently, um, like, told me morale is in the shitter, which doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, the layoffs keep happening, which makes the company more profitable. Um, apparently, the Norcross uh, office or the office uh, in Buckhead in Georgia is practically a ghost town, um, from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the ads that they're running are kind of an in, uh, kind of a joke internally um, because they feel like they're basically being run to give the outside world the impression that things are great even though internally like shit's totally just all messed up. So uh, everyone I've talked to says they expect you know the chop shop to be open throughout the year. Um, so uh, Irina, is sort of, you know, running the show. She's sort of the, the Apollo puppet. Um, and we'll see where this thing goes. But I, I think our early predictions of like venture, you know, like this fund's going to come in, private equity, mm-hmm. sell it off, uh, get rid of the stuff that doesn't make money, get rid of the high price people. Um, and then do knows what do know, do uh, who knows what with it after this. But I'm guessing, you know, sell it to somebody, um, sell the pieces off. Who knows? Yeah,
0: I mean the chop shop's going to be open. Once again, look for do you, do you think it's actually going to be sold this year? Do you think it'll be chopped up and sold off in pieces or do you think so, they can actually sell this thing as one?
1: Well, you know, everyone that we've heard most people we talked to have talked about, you know, 2020, 2021 being like recession time, you know, we kind of bounce, you know, we kind of snap back from the the 10 years of growth that we've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking from a timing perspective, I mean, selling it this year or next, um, are probably better than year three, four, and five, uh, that are coming. So, uh, you know, I don't know who would buy it. Maybe some European company or Asian <laughs> company that wants to make a splash. <laughs> I'm being serious. Like, I mean, maybe recruit holdings buys it to help you know, solidify their indeed glass door, career builder, you know, uh, established companies here in the States. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I would say yeah. if they don't sell it this year or next, it's going to be pretty tough um, after that if, if the recession and the economy downturn happens, which a lot of people are predicting.
0: Yeah. Well, Crew Builder has a big portfolio of products. So it could go either way. It could be a full sale, or they could just chop them up and sell them off one by
1: one. Yeah. I'd say both of those are on the table for sure. What they do with the domain, though. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's back, kids? Guess who's back? back again okay old timers will appreciate this newbies won't know what the hell we're talking about in 2004 a startup hit the scene that was dynamic interesting fun uh cuckoo semi-innovative called jobster uh-huh. uh they had a leader named jason goldberg who said a lot of crazy shit uh did a lot of crazy shit um he had an executive team that was really stellar that has gone on to do really interesting things. Uh, but it, anyway, it was an in, interesting situation. Uh, he ended up leaving. The whole thing sort of collapsed. Um, they sold uh, the Jobster domain to a company called Zapoint. <laughs> um, I think this was 2011, 2010, 2011. Zapoint basically uh, lived off the SEO for a few years. Uh-huh. Um, they put in, indeed, Backfill, I believe. They probably had some postings. Anyway, I kind of forgot about it. And then you share um, some information that you got that the Jobster domain had sold in October of last year Mm -hmm. for $200,000, Yeah, um, which is way too much for that domain. But anyway, it was bought by a Swedish company. Here we go back to Sweden, a Swedish company called Jobbird. What the fuck? (laughs) JobBird. Swedes are weird, dude. I don't know. Uh, so I guess Jobster is better than JobBird. Um, particularly if you want to go like in the States or whatever. So anyway, JobBird bought it. Jobster redirects to JobBird. So somebody dropped 200 big ones for the domain. They're going to do something with it. Exactly what we don't know. Yeah. I, in my research, JobBird has had some issues of its own. Apparently it filed for bankruptcy last year. Uh, it didn't It didn't let its employees know. They kind of found out in one of the the Swedish newspapers mm. or something. Um, they have a new, someone took, uh, I think a private equity firm took it over. They have gr- They have visions of taking on Europe and the States. So maybe this the Jobster acquisition was this private equity firm, like we're going to come in, uh, keep Jobbird. We're going to take Jobster and hit the States. Who knows? But we'll be watching closely and updating everyone on what the hell happens to Jobster.
0: Yeah, and if you want more in-depth on really like the history of Jobster, we did a a shred last week. It's called Jobster is Back. Um, Again, you can only... Really get to those uh, those shreds if you subscribe. So subscribe, you're going to get some good content. Uh, this is really a, a history lesson. I remembered a lot of it, but I couldn't remember a lot of the years in which a lot of this happened, and uh, it was interesting. And to say Jason Goldberg and the cast of characters back in those days uh, weren't uh, weren't funny and and cool and hip and full of a shit ton of money. Cause they pulled together
1: $52.5 million. Oh. Um, yeah, that was, it was, it was fun time. If you don't do anything out there, go to YouTube uh, and search <laughs> search monster is a crap product. Um, it's a video that I took in my old cheesehead days at the direct employers annual meeting. Mm-hmm. So we were both connected to this somehow. And it's about a three minute rant from their CEO about how bad monster was and it's classic so if you haven't seen that i encourage you to do it it's still on youtube
0: so i remember i mean i remember that whole presentation so vividly just because it was it was funny to listen to jason because jason i mean he took the gloves off He, he usually just took the gloves off and he was in front of a bunch of uh, really Fortune 500 companies, talent acquisition leaders. Um, Who were all Monster clients, probably. Yeah, they were all Monster <laughs> clients and they took offense <laughs> um, because they were spending money with Monster, right? So not the smartest way for Jason to go at this, especially when he was trying to sell his product. But how did you record that? Did you have something on a tripod? Cause you had a video, obviously. Yeah. Um, did you have no. a tripod set up? Because this was like an hour video that when you cut it down
1: to like, what was it like six, eight minutes it's or something? About three like minutes. That? It's about three minutes. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I, I put I put the whole 60 minute presentation online and it it did nothing. And then I said, people have to see this piece of it. Yeah. So I edited it down, put that up, and then Cheesehead blew up and <laughs> like people didn't know me, like it went, it went everywhere. But that was a classic annual meeting because uh, not only Jobster presenting, but uh, Paul Forster from indeed presented and I think um simply hired uh, presented as well. yeah got him got one. so that was like the the tr- the triple threat like the world is changing. Mm-hmm you know, companies. And then you guys had, yeah, your fortune 500 companies just with their mouths open, learning about pay-per-click and all this (laughs) stuff. And it was, it was a classic meeting. It was great.
0: It was funny because I got to deal with all of those CEOs of those up and coming, you know, organizations. And it was funny because I remember Jason Goldberg called me one day and they just gotten like maybe their series C funding or something. And he was adamant. He was going to buy direct employers association Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we had like 700 major fortune 1000 types of companies. And uh, he saw that as just like an instant way
1: to uh, get a portfolio of clients. Too bad he wasn't around today. He could buy career builder yeah, no and shit. Uh, make that what it what it could be. That was also the meeting where uh, Craigslist sent a cease and desist to all those three <laughs> to stop scraping <laughs> to stop scraping Craigslist.
0: <laughs> good memory, man. Yeah, that was that was a great annual meeting.
1: That was a good annual meeting. All right, man, well, let's take a break. Uh here get a word from uh, Sovereign and we'll come back and uh, rant a little bit. Sound good? Yep.
2: Sovereign AI Matching is the most sophisticated matching engine on the market because it acts just like a human. You decide exactly how our AI Matching Engine thinks about each individual transaction. It will find, rank, and sort the best matches according to your criteria. Not only does it deliver the best matches, it tells you how and why it produced them and offers tips to improve the results. Our engine thinks like you, so you don't have to learn how to think like the engine. To learn more about sovereign AI matching, visit sovereign.com. That's Sov n.com
0: So I think I figured it out. I think I think I figured this out. So if TNG and their 10 gay, 10 guy, whatever robot had mm-hmm. sovereign technology and that voice, done. Sold best product on the market.
1: <laughs> By the way, TNG, we found out, stands for the next generation. Uh-huh. Did, I, did I hear that right on our call? Yeah. So at least that makes a little more sense. Tingay, the next generation in Sweden or something.
0: Which is interesting. It, if it is next generation, I'm sure that's not Swedish. So
1: they would actually do it in English. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> no mass appeal for the audience. Dude, you got a rant <laughs> about Oracle and somebody else. You were doing yeah. it before the call. I was like, dude, save this for the actual recording.
0: Yeah. Stop ranting. Okay. So Palantir and Oracle and Pandora, they've just been flat out lying to the U S government. Here's, here's a good example. Palantir told the DOL, uh, the department of labor that competitors could identify where plantier has been making significant uh, progress in hiring women and minorities and target recruiting strategies, right? So They were saying, hey, this is a trade secret. We can't give you our diversity numbers. We can't show you just how many women we're hiring. Oh, we're doing such a great job. How many people of of color? We can't tell you that because it's a trade secret and our competitors will find out and they'll come after our people. Well, here's the facts, kids. Out of 167, 167 tech companies in Silicon Valley, Palantir was in the bottom four For female managers, no, they had no women of color in management. No women of color in management whatsoever. So, well, and DOL actually cited that Oracle was paying white men more than their counterparts. And Oracle then shot down a shareholder proposal to actually do a like a gender audit pay gap. So it was like, no, we don't want to know because if our shareholders find this shit out, we're
1: screwed. Yeah. So let's hide it. Let's not show anybody, <laughs> and that's not how shit works. Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be how it works. Yeah, we can't just build walls and hide behind them, Chad. <laughs> we can try,
0: and we can make sure that eight hundred thousand people are uh, actually kept hostage while
1: we're talking about those walls. But anyway. So anyway, yes, I have a rant as well. Uh, maybe not quite as passionate as that, but I think it's it's sort of a reflection on us as a society as a whole and the ageism that we um, that we practice way too often. And I'm going to go back to the NFL. Um, I know we have a lot of sports fans out there. Some mm-hmm. we certainly don't have. Some we have some global people that don't even know what the NFL is. But just stick with me here for a second. Um, so the NFL. Uh, coach hiring spree is currently happening uh, teams that have fired their coaches are hiring them um, and what tends to be the trend these days is to follow the uh, follow the the hot trend of of hiring young people, so Sean McVay is uh, with the LA Rams. He's a thirty-something coach, very dynamic, offensive-minded coach. Uh, Nagy uh, at Chicago, I believe, uh, is under is in his thirties as well, kind of an offensive guru. <clears throat> so all the teams are trying to emulate this and hire young people. Well, the problem is, uh, of the eight teams remaining in the playoffs, uh, seven of them have coaches over 50. I would argue that the only team currently that, that has hired sort of an adult uh, are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who hired Bruce Arians, who's – over fifty, mm-hmm. uh, but he also has Super Bowl wins under his belt. He has, you know, coaching Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Carson Palmer. Uh, I mean, he has a he has a resume and a pedigree, and I think it's just a reflection of uh, what's what we're seeing in corporate America. Right? People yeah. want young folks that are cheap. They know technology. They're they're you know they're more flexible, etc. When I think a lot of times it's the older folks that have been there, done that. Uh, they have gray hairs and experience for a reason, and they have something to add. So I. I think it's kind of sad that the NFL um, is sort of reflecting America or opinions, attitudes as a whole, because I think we're really missing out on great coaches and history. And the evidence is there that it's the older coaches that are getting to the playoffs. Well, God help Sean McVay if he loses uh, this weekend. Yeah, because then, you know, there may not be any coaches under 50 left in the playoffs. And I mean,
0: if you take a look at a lot of these coaches who've been in for a while, obviously, it's not just about them as as being that singular coach. It's what they bring with them. And that's staff. And we're talking about actually bringing heavy hitters to your, you know, defensive line coaches or your offensive coaches or your quarterbacks, quarterback coaches. I mean, they there's more sway there. And if you have that kind of sway, what can you do in pulling free agent Mm -hmm. that can draw those players in? So it's the same. It's the same thing in our industry. If you go cheap, there's a reason why they're cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you want to actually take a look at somebody who has the experience, has the network and can pull a shit ton of resources together, you should probably take a look at somebody who's been doing it a while. Uh, Unfortunately, that's just not the case. And maybe that's what we're seeing at CareerBuilder. Maybe they're like, hey, 52 years of experience. You mean nothing to us. We're going to put a couple of kids, uh, 10 kids in your positions to be able to backfill right and it's going to cost us less but uh, at the end of the day you're
1: you're going to lose out in that equation yeah history favors the old (laughs) for whatever reason but yeah and god damn it the cleveland browns uh did the same thing like they hired a young guy he mm-hmm. couldn't he couldn't even get hired as a coordinator anywhere they put him in as a coordinator because he was sort of the default we hired the last guy right um, he wins three games and in Cleveland if you win you know like three games in a row uh, you're Vince Lombardi and the, re- the reincarnation of Paul Brown um, and now he's the head freaking coach. So I hope it works out. But uh, yeah, history says it's going to be another disaster in Cleveland, unfortunately.
0: Well, I hear they're, they're actually they're, Aren't they having a statue molded or minted or whatever the hell they do to make statue uh, for him in a three game win streak?
1: Yeah, it's going to be like the uh, the Disney statue with him and Mickey. So it's going to be him and Baker. Baker's going to be really small, and then he's going to be really big. That's what they're they're going to put up in Cleveland. I love it. All right, dude, I'm done ranting. Um, I think you are as well. Let's hear a quick word from Jobad X, and we'll talk Army VR and voice assistance. One of our favorites.
2: With JobAddix's first birthday almost here, we are proud of all we've accomplished with advertising clients, publisher job sites, recruitment marketing agencies, and staffing firms. Thank you for all the support and trust you have placed in us. Since 2017, JobAddix has used the best of consumer ad tech's bidding and ad delivery to build an incredible programmatic job advertising exchange and continue to rapidly grow our network of partner sites. We've also launched a feed inventory management platform called Switchboard, effectively offering our dynamic technologies to all job board partners. And we've developed our revolutionary Live Alert, which eliminate latency and expire job ads via email. No more dead clicks or overages from job links, whether open today, next month, or next year. For more information about our solutions, please reach us at join us at jobadx.com.
0: Was the person whistling in the background in that always there? Because that's the
1: first time I noticed it. <laughs> There's a whistler in the ad? It sounds like a whistler. Uh, I it could be yeah, me. I, yeah. My hearing's gone. I'm old. I don't, <laughs> don't
0: hear anything anymore. choice so i like to look at military recruiting because our nation's defense goes in line with whether we are hitting our our recruiting goals or not and uh the military spends more money in recruiting and is the best recruiting guide that's out there for new and cool kind of things and and there was a a a new story Mm -hmm. that popped out npr that talks about the army recruiting goals falling short In the Gen Z era, which was incredibly exciting, I think, from my standpoint, because Fortune 500 companies, I don't believe are having to deal with this just yet. Mm -hmm. But the military is that 17 to 24 range to an extent. So, uh, so, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting seeing that uh, the, the military, especially in this case, the army said, hey, recruiters. Get out there on Snapchat, get on Twitter, get on Twitch, all these different types of social media platforms and try to engage individuals better than what we can now, because you can't call someone Gen Z because they're not going to answer the goddamn phone.
1: Yep. So as a marketer, uh, a digital marketer, I I learned early on about PPC and PPC did not mean pay per click. It meant porn, pills, and casinos. Uh, the basic <laughs> gist of that was: if you wanted to market in the digital world, uh, keep an eye on porn, pills, and casinos because they're doing the innovative stuff that you know companies at large will be doing. You know, five, mm-hmm. ten years from now. Um, and I think yeah. the army is what recruiters should be looking at because you're right. Like when you have to when you have to recruit people that could die on the job you better have some damn good recruiting strategies and the fact that this has been i mean we've been talking about the army being innovative for a long time I think they were the first to have, you know, like a second life island recruiting folks. Yeah. Um, and so so when I read this and it's like, you know, the main takeaway from the story for me was the quote that said, basically, uh, Gen Z does not answer the like they do not talk on the phone. They don't answer the phone. It's alien to them. They don't want to talk to you. Yeah. So these, you know, the recruiters have been empowered to go to Instagram, Snapchat, Twitch, anywhere that the, the, the youth are, you know, playing. Uh, they can now go and recruit from. And I think that, uh, you know, if you're an employer that's still posting jobs and calling people, like if they're young, like they don't want to talk to you. I mean, you should be mm-hmm. using Canvas, talk, Push, or whoever um, to communicate with these folks because that's where they live. And the army has set a really great example uh, to show you, you know, how they recruit, which is way more challenging probably than the way you're recruiting for a company, you know, that isn't killing people.
0: Yeah. So if you believe that, The handshake, looking people straight in the eye, and making sure that you have that kind of connection is the only way to do business. You're fucked when it comes to this new generation, and you're really basically back in the '50s the way that you know we did business '50, '60, '70s until the internet came along. And not to mention technology really just didn't give us much time and we didn't want to fuck with humans anymore. So, um, I thought that another cool piece was the U.S. Army sponsored esports championships, mm-hmm. uh, where, uh, recruiters, uh, would actually, this one recruiter is actually on air as one of the esports announcers in the tournament. And uh, within 24 hours, they had 2 million views on that whole segment and, and half. Of those people were 17 to 24. Then the, the army actually said, We need to embed this into our actual community. And the army has sports, so you know, you can be in track in the army, you can be a boxer, you can, I mean, there you can actually be in sports in the military. <laughs> uh, and now they're starting an esports community to be able to once again draw these 17 to 24 year olds
1: into the community, changing their culture around this because they know they have to. But esports isn't about running and fucking jumping, dude. It's about killing people in Fortnite and Halo and Battlefield and shit. Like my 12 year old son, if there's nothing else he should be able to do, it should be shoot a gun (laughs) at a target uh, because the kid kills people and aliens and whatever else uh, to the tune of hours a day. So if you're looking for people to, to actually hold a real gun and shoot things, um, it's the people that are in esports playing Halo and, and Fortnite and everything else. So it's not only hitting them where they live, but they're actually probably pretty good candidates for picking up a gun and shooting things because they do it digitally on a regular basis. I think it's also fun okay. to look at. Like at our age, advertising through the years of the mm-hmm. of the military. So when you and I were growing up, it was like Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. What a great yeah. place. It's a great place to start. So for us, it was like, oh man, you can get your start, you can get a career, you can like be in the long term, get security, college have a job, yeah, get college paid for. And then it became like army of one, where it was like you know, screw this team thing. Like you go in, it's the individual. uh, It's about you. It's about your experience. And now the ads are like virtual reality, right? Like you're jumping out of planes, you're storming a beach. You're going from like uh, a a, a nurse in a hospital to then you turn around, you're actually in the battlefield, you know, fixing hurt soldiers and shit. So for me, like it's been fun to watch how the military has evolved over the generations and how generations uh, how you appeal to those generations differently throughout the decades and working
0: as an infantry drill sergeant for a time in the u.s army down in fort benning georgia this shit pisses me off more than it does anything else because i can tell you those kids who have been sitting on the couch shooting things in Fortnite or whatever can't hold a weapon (laughs) they've never shot a weapon they've never they've never run to the stop sign and back i mean they just it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah go ahead go get those guys so now i have to mold them into men that's
1: that that sucks guns have to change they guns have to turn into like joysticks and and controllers somehow
0: the robots are going to take this shit over anyway that's all i gotta say
1: basically kids will control robots on the battlefield like it's a video game that's where the world's going and speaking of vr (laughs) and smart speakers so one of your favorite topics uh so let's start with smart feet smart speakers these are the voice assistants alexa siri uh google etc so uh they're flying off the shelves these are huge this is huge right so the holiday numbers are in uh nearly one in ten people got one over the holidays uh there are Mm -hmm. now 119 million in circulation in the u.s alone This is according to NPR and Edison Research. Uh, That's a growth of 78% in just the last year, with 21% of the U.S. population now in possession of a smart speaker. Uh, Also, Mm -hmm. double-digit growth is expected through 2022 as people work out how to best utilize this tech uh, in their daily lives and not just ask for, you know, the weather report. So if you're looking for recruiting ideas and the next big thing, clearly, like voice assistants are a thing. The numbers prove it out. We'll see.
0: Oh, there's no question. And it's funny because I was going to get Julie one of the the, the new ones with the actual uh, the, the Google assistant with the uh, with the screen, mm-hmm. because you can say, hey, you know, pull up, uh, you know, pull up a recipe or pull up. I I could do that while I'm cooking or or what have you. And she's like, no, I don't want that because I don't want people looking into my home. (laughs) So there's still that paranoia that's out there too. So we do have a Google home and maybe they're listening, but they're sure the hell not watching at this point.
1: See, To me, this is eventually going to hit corporate the corporate world, right? I think at some Uh point these voice assistants will be on, you know, every desk and every office and every conference room, um, yeah. where you will ask, you know, bring up the presentation, whatever, or uh, set a meeting for this date and it'll and invite this person, this person and that'll you'll just voice that you won't do it, um, you know, with your phone or with your computer. Like, I think these will eventually penetrate corporate America. Um, and that's probably when, you know, the recruiting HR solutions will happen, because there's no reason why you can't say, you know, hey, Alexa, you know, what's our company policy on vacation or time off? Time off is dictated by blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah, and I think those those are easy steps because we're seeing chatbots do that already. So I think those are easy steps from a voice, you know, NLP Mm -hmm. side. I think when we get into duplex, that's the cool part. You know, when we start to say, hey, Google, call and make an appointment where Google's actually calling to make an appointment or sending an email to make an appointment or doing something of that nature or set up an interview for, you know, those types Mm -hmm. of things. I think that would be, that's really the next step with the whole duplex model.
1: I agree. I think we're quite a ways away from that, but I I agree that's that's where things are going. Well, uh, virtual reality, my favorite technology, and (laughs) yours too, Uh, it's equally hot. Uh, Oculus Rift, and who hasn't seen the commercials, at least here in the U.S., of uh, Jonah Hill and uh, the Maroon 5 guy watching the Lakers at courtside. Uh, Oculus Rift sold out on Amazon this holiday season, Uh, and the company says they they saw strong, strong demand and continue to. Uh, into the holidays and after, so maybe VR will finally have its moment here in 2019. What do you think?
0: It's a possibility. I don't, I don't know if it's 2019. <laughs> yes. I don't know if it's 2019. Well, we, we did talk about we did talk about you know um, being able to make this mainstream, right? And that is that is just the key right there is making it mainstream. This kind of adoption. I mean, this is if we can continue to see this type of adoption for VR. I think first and foremost, it's pretty sad. Um, it's cool at the same time, but it's so sad. Then, then yeah, I mean, you're going to see it happen. And we're, we're already seeing companies get into, I can't remember the name of the company, into the space where they send you a VR headset. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made out of this like really thick type of cardboard where you it's quick quick assemble, you take your smartphone, you slap it in there, and you go into this whole VR kind of uh, scenario. Um, So that's already starting to happen. I think they're ahead of the curve. There's no question because we have to get mainstream adoption before anything like that works. So if it continues on this route and you see this type of growth, then then, yeah,
1: if it starts to kind of fall off the edge, then no way in hell. We'll we'll see. And I I think of us as fairly tech savvy and we don't own one. So that's. Speaks to something. Although I, I I really thought about it. I really thought it would be cool. Uh, my dad who lives in Austin. Like we're both sports fans. We both text each other during games. I thought it'd be really cool. To be like Jonah Hill. And the Marine 5 guy. To like watch games with my dad. On this headset. Now that might tick off our wives yeah um but, you know that's kind of like a world that's kind of cool like i would like to watch a game with my dad who's in austin mm-hmm. and feel like i'm there with him yeah. But anyway yeah yeah
0: no, that is cool and it was funny because i couldn't believe that you didn't already have one so for christmas i actually looked at how much they were and i'm like oh fuck that it was like 350 bucks
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, instead he got me the cheap whiskey, folks. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) All right, man. Happy New Year. Year. Looking forward to another year of this. We out. We out.
2: Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad, and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. The
1: Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now.